The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, Sanjay, thanks for joining us. I want to welcome everyone as well. I'm so excited to have you all. But as you heard, I'm even more excited for our guest today. He is the founder and president of Blue Ring Investors, Sanjay Hegday. Sanjay, thanks for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking, Cody. I hope you're doing well as well. And I want to thank you for inviting me on the show. I hope I will bring value to you and your listeners. Listen, for those that are playing along at home, Sanjay and I, we've, we've been chatting for a while off camera, off recording. So to answer that, I know you will because I, I love your experience. I love what you've been doing. So I can't wait to hear about your story today. But before we jump into that, just in case people are hearing your voice, seeing your name and face for the first time, which hopefully not, but if they are, we always love to start out with a good origin story, where you're from, how you got into real estate and what you find yourself doing these days. Good question. And yeah, that definitely is a good story. As you can tell by my name, I'm of Indian origin. So I moved to the United States in the year 2001. I'm a pharmacist by education, but then not here in the United States. So when I did come here, it took me a while to actually figure out what I really wanted to do because it took me a while for me to get my actual physical green card and without which I could not apply for a social security, which also led to me becoming a father <laughs> because I felt like, you know, when man has too much, you know, has nothing else to do, he makes babies. So my wife was pregnant. She needed a, you know, I needed a job. And with me not having a formal education over here, I had to go looking for something that I could do. And there was this company called uh, SAFT that uh, was manufacturing lithium batteries for space and defense kind of application. And I, I started off on the floor over there. I'm a firm believer that about two things. Number one, America is definitely the land of opportunities. And number two, God always has a plan. Opportunities were given to me to grow within the company. And I took every single opportunity I moved from, you know, starting off at like $7.25 uh, and 50 cents in ship premium. I kept moving within the company, I became a production supervisor. I became a mechanic. After that, I became a production supervisor, I got into sales, became a sales manager for North America. Then they promoted me as the director of sales for Americas and Asia. And later on, <clears throat> one of the competitors hired me as the vice president of sales and marketing. It was a fantastic journey within the battery industry itself. But at the same time, as I was growing, I was also making more money. And as you make more money and, and you don't have enough time to spend with, uh, on anything because you're busy traveling, you figure out you're going to make an investment somewhere because uh, holding that money in the bank doesn't get you anything. And they always say, you know, real estate, there is always money in real estate. That's not exactly a true statement <laughs> because it all depends on where you invest. So, well, I did a couple of things. I bought a couple of uh, single family homes, and then I also invested passively in uh, multifamily as well as storage homes, you know, st uh, storage kind of business. And very quick, I realized that I was making more money, consistent money in passive income than I was with my single family because managing single family is a challenge in its own. It's 
it's I really don't think it's for me because I really felt that when I got into multifamily business, I learned that it's much easier to manage multifamily compared to single family. So <clears throat> that happened. And then I was always trying to, you know, do a business of my own. I always wanted to start on my own. And just like every other Indian, I thought, okay, let me get into a gas station, start a 7-Eleven or have a liquor store or something like that. And none of those things really was the right thing for me. Then later on, I thought, okay, let me try doing flips, right? You know, something like that. And as you can tell, as Indians, we are very good with our calculators and, you know, software and things like that. But when it comes down to screwdrivers or anything to do with nail guns, yeah, we are too dangerous with that. <laughs> we might just chop off our fingers or something. So I said, no. I, I, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. That's, I'm, I'm the exact same way. Later in 2020, early 2020, Ari Mentor had come down to Charlotte and they were talking about multifamily. And I, I went there to listen to it. And I said, aha, this is something that I can do. And I could understand a little bit because I had done some passive investments, but I wanted to know more. So I signed up for their bootcamp. And that three-day bootcamp was quite uh, interesting and knowledgeable thing. It, was, it did give me a lot of knowledge about it, but I also learned that that three days is just not enough for you to get the entire picture. So I signed up for their mentorship program and I did that for a year. And in 2021, I said, you know what? I took that and all of 2020 to learn the business, network with people, get to know more about it. And 2021, I started off with Blooming Investors. And that was my journey into multifamily. Perfect. I love it. Well, listen, I think yours is just as good as anybody's origin story. I love the grind early on, finding your way to a very successful career in sales. But ultimately knowing that trading your time for money probably wasn't the best use and finding different ways that you could do that and, and maximizing your time in other ways while still making great money. So absolutely love it. Sanjay, with everything you've done, I would imagine there's been some bumps or challenges along the road. And, and I see you smiling. So I, I know there's probably a good story there. But for our audience to help educate us, what, what's something that comes to mind from an unsuccess st standpoint that could help educate our audience and kind of teach us a lesson from your past experience? Some of the experiences, especially in the real estate, I could definitely say a few, you know, do your due diligence. That's, that's the key. Be very, very good about it because Say if you're going buying a property, which is in the 60s or 70s, you know, you have to make sure that, you know, everything is right. Like the electricals are done right. The plumbing is done right. If you don't have some of those things, you got to be careful about it. It's nothing wrong in buying some of these properties. But if you if you put in enough time to do the due diligence on that one, you can avoid some costly mistakes because a lot of these things sometimes don't get captured in your CapEx and that can really hurt you in the long run. So you gotta be careful about those things. That's number one. Number two, my experience in single family, I would definitely say stay away from it. Get into multifamily quicker if possible uh, because it is a much, much lucrative business compared to owning single family. More than anything else, you know, you do most of your uh, loans are non-recourse loans. So that's a very good thing for you. I would definitely say that. Also, when you're raising capital, make sure that you have a good mix. Don't try to go with a whale investor because, you know, that can really get you in trouble. We had one instance where one of them just decided to pull their money out like uh, one week before closing. 
And that's not a good thing because now you're scrambling, you're running around trying to make the whole, close the deal and make, make it all happen. So those are some of the things that I would definitely uh, suggest to be mindful of. Well, that's interesting. I want to unpack that one a little bit because we've talked and had some people talk on the show about raising capital and, and you know, once you find the deals, and I think even more so now, if you have a good deal, capital is a little bit easier to find nowadays. But still to your point, talk to me about what went into, you, you got this person that was, was heavy handed with the amount of capital they were able to bring to the table. Walk me through what happened, and if you can, why they backed out, and, and what the fallout you had to go through to kind of scramble to get to find the other capital, get the deal. Well, and um, yeah, one of the things I definitely tell you is, you know, partnering with the right team is the key. Sometimes it does happen that you know you'll have you'll, you'll you would have created a team because obviously multifamily is a team sport. It is not something that you do on your own. And you, you're working with multiple people when you're doing it. And everybody comes in with the right kind of mindset. They all want to be successful. But at the end of the day, some, some person might feel that, you know, hey, I've not been treated fairly or I didn't get my fair portion of the share. And um, it, it so happened that in, in our case, something, something very similar happened. And this particular investor had come from that particular person. And that person who felt that was not fair on their side, they just decided that they would take the same investor and use that money in another that they were working on. And that was not a good, good, good uh, way to um, do, do things, but they did what they did and uh, it is what it is. So we, you know, the, the show needs to go on, right? Regardless of what happens. Sure. So yeah, we, 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 we just had to bite the bullet and just move on and, uh, close the deal and make it all happen. So, so walk me through once that happened and, and it was unfortunate that it did. Uh, but once something like that happens, where do you turn and what do you have to do to try and scramble to find the capital that they were looking to bring? Now you, you're probably under contract. You're trying to get the deal done. You only have a, probably a short one runway on due diligence. What do you do in the background to help find that capital in such a short term? Well, as I always said, right. God always has a plan and God has always been good to me. One of the things that we obviously did was we scrambled and we went asking friends and families. It, it was more like not as an investment from their side. It was more like hard money lending kind of a thing where we did end up paying a little bit more in terms of interest kind of a thing, kind of a deal with them. But that's pretty much what happened in, in our case. We, we pretty much went begging, borrowing and things like that. So, Well, and I think that's interesting <laughs> because one of the things that I'm a firm believer in, and I've heard a bunch of people on this show talk about is when you're an entrepreneur, sometimes you just have to make things happen and make things work. And, and in your case, you know, hard money lending, working with friends and family, that's not the quote ideal way to go about finding capital, especially at the last moment, but you had a deal, it was under contract, you're in due diligence, you had to get it done. And I think putting on that entrepreneur hat and going, okay, what do we need to do to get it done? What are some unconventional ways that we could make it work is the key that would separate somebody like yourself from other, maybe other operators that are still trying to find some of those deals, not able to close or do certain things because it's, we have to get it done. We're, we're going to get it done. What are different ways that we can look to find that? So 
I absolutely love that. And I think it just speaks to your entrepreneurship of, hey, we got to make this work kind of thing. The other one I wanted to briefly touch on just real quick, you mentioned single family wasn't really for you. And you even mentioned the idea of kind of passive investments. Talk to me about your, your perception of what single family is, is if it's a passive investment type opportunity, because I feel, or at least I know, and I hear people say they're looking for passive investment opportunities and they feel like single family is a way to do it. But in your opinion, is single family really a passive type investment opportunity or, or is it more of an act? A very good question. Actually, Cody, I would suggest, I would say from my experience that it is definitely an active investment. It's not def- definitely not a passive investment. And because there's a lot of work that goes into it, because if you really look at it, when it comes down to a single family, unless you buy like a 20 single families in a row, you know, and you give it to a property management company, it is, it is not going to work for you, right? Most of the time you end up buying properties in certain locations. But at the same time, we also have to understand when you're buying a single property, single family home, you are going with whatever the market is demanding in that particular area. Like for example, if, if somebody is, because the comps are what the comps are. So you've got to pay what you got to pay. So once you buy that part of it, now, a, you are going with, you're going to the bank. It's your credit score and your earnings that are taken into consideration. Your financial situation is taken into consideration when you're buying this particular property. That's one part of it. The next thing comes down to is managing it. Something goes wrong. Either you're going to go fix it or you're going to send somebody else to fix it. For example, if um, one of the tenants leave, decides to vacate the place, the mortgage is on your head on that particular property and maintaining that property is also on your head. So all these things takes a lot of your time. It, it's, it's very time consuming from that, from that way, which is why I say it is not a, a passive investment. Whereas when you do, you know, and, and you're on your own, when it comes down to multifamily, as I said, it is a team sport. That's number one. And uh, it's a non-recourse loan. That's another thing that goes into it. Uh, number three it's the, say, for example, when you're owning about a 50-unit property, one or two tenants decide to leave or it's a vacant, it doesn't make a big, huge difference for you. It's, and, and you have a property manager who takes care of things. You have a good business plan put in place, and they're executing it for you. So now, for, from an investment point of view, both you know, for, even though I'm an active investor, because I'm one of the sponsors, but for my investors, it is a truly passive investment. And, yeah. and I, th- I, I would echo that. I think for a lot of people looking, and there are a lot of people that make really good money in, in single family. It is not a passive investment, in my opinion. And, I, and from your opinion, it sounds the same. You know, you are on the hook. You're a lot of times taking those calls, even sometimes if you have a property manager, if it's a big enough emergency, they f- may feel the initial call. But if it's 3am and something's really wrong, you're getting that call as well. I'm very much of the mindset, if you're truly looking for passive investments, there are other opportunities in real estate, be it multifamily or something else that would give you true mailbox money, passive income, if you're looking to offset some of what you're doing in your day job, W-2, whatever you want to call it. So Sanjay, I I can't thank you enough. That's probably a good enough spot as ever to really wrap it up. Uh, It's been a pleasure learning from you, getting to know you, hearing your story. I absolutely love it. And and hopefully, and I think it'll resonate really well with our audience, but I I can't thank you enough for joining. For those that 
want to work with you, learn from you, even invest with you, where's the best place people can find you at? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the best place to get me is we, we do have our presence on the web. Like you can go to www.blueringinvestors.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram. You can find Blue Ring Investors on Instagram, or Facebook, on LinkedIn, as well as on Twitter. We also have a YouTube channel that you know, dedicates towards education, teaching people about uh, multifamily and the reasons why they could invest in it. And that's definitely there. And another thing that we are doing is myself and my partner, Dr. Jeanette, we are coming up with a webinar series for, for uh, and that will be there on uh, YouTube as well as uh, on, our, on our website. So definitely I would encourage them to go do that. I also have written a book about, uh, a, there is an ebook, it's free. And also I have some other publications up there that they could actually go and download uh, for free and uh, learn. And also when they go to our website, if they still have any questions, they can go ahead and uh, schedule a call, uh, a no obligation uh, call, consultation call with me or my partner, Jeanette. Those things are, you know, we try to make it as simple as possible. Perfect. And if they and, know what more is there going on in the pipeline, they can actually uh, register themselves on our um, investor uh, portal and they'll get to see our existing as well as uh, new opportunities for investments. Perfect. And, and for the idea uh, of easy being easy for everyone else, we will also drop all those links in the show notes. Uh, the website, all the social links for everyone to quickly access and be able to go and get so a lot of that great content, the eBooks and all the other writing. So Sanjay, again, thank you so much for joining us today. It's truly been an honor having you. Thank you, Cody. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to, even before off camera, taking the time to understand, you know, it, it was very interesting about your journey as well. And I hope, as I said earlier, I, I brought some value to both you as well as your listeners. Absolutely. I know you definitely have. And I want to thank everyone for listening and watching at home. And we will catch you guys next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.